Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong! Dude, come on, professional. How do you ever expect our show to make money if you just keep burping right through the intro? Uh, Welcome <laughs> to Silver and Gold, Daddy. I am the loaf and with me, Dr. Zahn. Um, yeah, we're back uh, with an official, like, normal type show. It's been a little while. Fuck, it's been like a month since I've done a normal episode. Um, yeah, so today we're doing some, uh, we're, we're normally on our 25th episodes or something. We decided to do a little The Silva and The Gold, Dolph Lundgren. Um, so this is our sixth one something um so this week we're covering almost human from 1974 and rocky four from 1985 yeah right wing rules this week baby um so zom how have you been um well i've been pretty good i just uh lots of drama um yeah. <laughs> you made it past- you made it you made it about two minutes 24 hours is, uh, you know, I'm trying to hold it all together. I'm trying not to be a hater. Did you dig out? You dug out of the snow yet? Um, I didn't dig out of shit because my shovel is in the building down behind my house. And uh, so I just let the dogs make a, make like a path. And uh, I have my garage now, so I don't have to, to uh, clean anything off. It's all good. That's good. Lots of, lots of, uh, uh, but clinching, um, white knuckle driving uh, on several occasions. Yeah, because when you leave and don't have proper time for the car to warm up, it blows out cold air for the first like ten minutes. So, yeah, you just fucking just white knuckling it. And then uh, I can't it, even find my gloves right now. My house is in fucking disarray. We had some uh, carpet installed, so I had to dig out a bunch of closets. Um, yeah, so basically... I found two goddamn gloves, and both of them were for the right hand. <laughs> yeah. And that's something... <laughs> so I don't even know. Yeah, that happened. Well, I, I found one glove, and it was only for the right hand. <laughs> so it did, uh, it did nothing. So, um, yeah, so everything in my house pretty much is on the floor, on one on the bottom floor. And, um, yeah, it's been a complete mess. And we had a little winter weather here, which is <gasps> unusual for us. And so uh, I got a few days off in a row, which kind of helped with this cleanup process but we got somebody else coming in tomorrow is fucking gonna you know he's gonna work on the fire we got a broken part on our fireplace and we're getting a new counter and stuff because selling the house got to make it look look nice and clean so um so yeah besides that i mean fucking just working a lot and 
Not really watching a lot of movies. I watch some wrestling and stuff. But uh, what have you been watching? Uh, I, and I figure since it's been a while, we'll just kind of yeah, cover we'll some highlights. Uh, I'm telling you, I've been watching a lot of hockey. Um, I've been watching the Penguins. I've been watching a lot of college hockey. And I have just recently started watching women's Olympic hockey, which is actually pretty good. Goddamn, I watched... Uh, um, Sweden versus Japan this morning, and uh, I w- it was exciting. And I mean, I was fucking on the edge of my feet, Daddy O. Do they far- um, do they do the hits like the men do? I don't even know. I've never. I don't know that I've ever even watched modern Olympic hockey. Do they do the same kind of hits uh, and stuff? with the women's? They say they can have physical contact, but they can't like. Uh, there's no like checking or anything okay. like that. Okay. Uh, so they they tone it down, but there was still. That doesn't mean they don't do it because I saw. I mean, the the Japanese girls. One of the reasons I was rooting for them is because they're all like small, yeah, <laughs> and they look like the underdogs, you know. But they're they're just buzzing around out there. But some of those Swedish girls are were way were bigger, and man, they knocked the shit out of them, and they got penalties. <laughs> but still, like it's like Bill Watts saying when he came to WCW, he made a rule. You couldn't jump off the top rope, and everybody's like, "Well, that's bullshit." Blah blah blah. And he said, "Well, you know, it's fake." And the reason I did it was because then when somebody jumped off the top rope, it would be like, you know, they'd have to do it behind the ref's back. They'd be cheating. Blah 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 blah. So there was a method to his madness. It wasn't because he was pussifying shit. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to what I've been fucking watching on this goddamn turd show. Um. (laughs) I watched a uh, movie with Victor Mature uh, as, as you know, a star. Uh, it was like a Western, but he – it kind of like – I guess a Western would be, you know, the, the ones that like Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone and shit like that. He was kind of like one of those mountain men kind of guys. Uh-huh. But it was – it was a uh, – well, yeah, it had Indians and a fort and stuff like that. But um, it was funny because he is – I like Victor Mature. Um there was like scenes in it where James Whitmore was supposed to be like his mentor and he raised him up from the time he was a kid. But James Whitmore and Victor Mature looked to be about the same age in the fucking movie. <laughs> and um, he's supposed to be like uncivilized, kind of, he's a mountain man. They both are, but they, he's like a, supposed to be kind of like uh, raised by Indians and stuff. And uh, they go to this fort and um, he uh, falls in love with this colonel's uh, wife. Is pretty hot, and um, he doesn't. He's like coming on. He's like you know, if 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 she's a woman, and if I like her, I want her. And James Whitmore's like, see, you don't know how to be civilized. You're like a bear. And Victor Mature says, but I don't want to be a bear. I mean, just stupid <laughs> lines like that. It was fucking funny. I watched Maniac Cop two, yeah, um, which is good. But I didn't. I still like Maniac Cop one. Yeah. William Smith and some other people are in it, and Bruce Campbell Bruce and Big Titted Blonde Chick are in it a lot more. Um, <laughs> Tales of Ordinary Madness. That's uh, Ben Gazzara playing uh, the uh, kind of a well. It's Charles Bukowski. They just changed the name. Um, had a hot chick in it, uh, uh, Ornella Munti or whatever Muti, uh, with her hot little sexy ass. Uh, this movie's pretty good. Uh, I encourage everyone to seek it out because it's good. It also has Susan Terrell in it. Um, I watched the Blu-ray of The Thing with my friend Greg, and it's still awesome. Kurt Russell. Um, I watched Captain Phillips with uh, Forrest Gump. How was that? 
It was pretty good. Um, it was, you know, I mean, you know, if you know the story, you know what's going to happen. But it was still the the end scene. Uh, so was, if I if if I don't know the story, should I go into it blind? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it, the, God, the end of it is really intense, and uh, uh, it was. I thought it was pretty good. Um, but the whole time I'm sitting there thinking of ways that they could have prevented the shit from happening. Okay. Um, all is lost. What the fuck is that? <laughs> that's the. That's the. Uh, is that the Robert Redford movie? Yes. Yes. Thank you. So I, I started doing that. Um, I've already forgotten the name of it. Um, Eric posted about it on our group. The kind of where you just kind of you, you install an application on your computer and you can watch ads and like basically you just hit the. Oh yeah, yeah. Return I heard key. Of so I, I got a, I earned a, after, you know, it takes, I don't know, like it took like 15 minutes at first, but, uh, I earned a rental mm-hmm. on Amazon. So I've rented that it's, it's, it's queued to watch. I haven't started it yet, but it, I have it. So I rented it. So it's going to sit there for a month. I need to watch it. So it's like, well, it's like those are, I watched those back to back. And mm-hmm. so they're both like seafaring movies. back right. to The Robert Redford one I really liked because first of all, he's old as shit. He's got to be as old as my dad or, you know, I, I like him a lot. And for him to take on this role, which had, was had a lot of physical stuff, uh, very, if hardly any dialogue in it at all, but it's still, man, you're on your edge of your seat. Um, Let's see. I watched the Manitou, uh, which is an Emily uh, favorite from the Deadly, <laughs> the Deadly Doll. Uh, Randy, or I'm sorry, Damocles uh, recommended this one. Um, I forgot. I forgot that name entirely. Yeah, um, with uh, the Manitou. Uh, this is Tony Curtis, and it's pretty fucking funny. It's this is the epitome of so bad it's good. So if you haven't seen the Manitou, fucking find it because I would have never watched it. I know Emily always says that she she really likes it, but it's just you know I think okay it's a horror movie or whatever. Oh my god, it's fucking hilarious. Um, let's see, Basic with John Travolta, Samuel Jackson. That's one that I've seen a million times. Uh, blown away with uh, Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones. Pfft, turd. Oh. If uh, Jeff Bridges wanted to do a movie with his dad, Lloyd Bridges, uh, I would have picked something that wasn't a turd, but this was a turd. <laughs> uh, Gorky Park with Lee Marvin and William Hurt. Lee Marvin was excellent in this. Oh, I watched I a Lee Marvin movie this. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll talk about that. Uh, this one I, I, I saw on this, uh, the, the channel, this um, TV. Uh, it's called The One That Got Away. Uh, Ken, a uh, good friend Ken of the show, uh, and I, when we were hanging out with Damocles uh, and uh, the Cinemasochist, uh, we're talking about this and how sometimes in the evenings now they don't have as much genre stuff. It's genre stuff, but it's newer and it's yeah. not as good. Uh, during the afternoon, they seem like they have uh, a lot of good stuff on. And this one was called The One That Got Away, and it stars uh, Hardy Krueger, who was in The Wild Geese. And he's really young in this. Um, it's a black and white World War II movie, and he is a German pilot. And he's one of these guys that uh, uh, pretty much escapes or tries to escape from every POW camp he's in. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like them following that. It's got some Canadian stuff in it too. Um, to Yay. Catch a Trader, that was a frontline documentary about uh, uh, this insider trading fucking piece of shit. Uh, another <laughs> Damocles uh uh, recommend that Uh-oh. fart sound wasn't a bad fart sound. That was just me. I don't know. Thinking. Having lips. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's called the battery. Uh, it's a zombie apocalypse movie, but it's funny and it's quirky. Uh, a couple of kind of hipster guys uh, out on their own fighting the zombie apocalypse, but it's, yeah, uh, see that. it's a, it's a, um, 
an indie movie. Does it have any baseball stuff in it? Yes, okay. they are baseball players. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, American Gigolo sucked. Uh, with oh. Richard and Laura. I didn't like that. Um, I've never seen it. I don't. I mean, I always thought it looked kind of interesting. It's on Netflix, and I just was like, I thought it was kind of ridiculous. But you know, you might give it a shot. Uh, Hit so hard. That's a documentary about Patty uh, Schemmel, uh, who was the drummer for the group Hole with uh, Courtney Love. Uh-huh. That's a lot of stuff about Courtney Love and um, Kurt Cobain and um, her being um, uh, like uh, you know. There's not a lot of uh, female drummers, right? And uh, also, she is a lesbian and. And so that kind of goes into that, her growing up and stuff, having to deal with that and, uh, you know, a lot of drug addiction stuff. But it's really good. That's on Netflix. Right. I, 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 I don't know why. I just decided to fucking watch it. And uh, I thought it was good. I got a uh, five-pack, uh, like five movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all prophecy movies, prophecy one through five. And I watched prophecy uh, one and two with Christopher Walken. I uh, liked one a lot. I'm surprised how much. The only thing I didn't like was, uh, oh, Elias Coteus's uh, fucking uh, rug. Ridiculous. <laughs> if if they would have just not, I mean, that was the worst part. I mean, he, it just looked so phony. Uh, Prophecy two's okay. It's it's still entertaining, but it's not. Prophecy one rules. Prophecy one. Woo. Um, Machete kills. Mm-hmm. Turn your brain off and watch it. Uh, uh, the Mel Gibson part, uh, I just cannot get past M- Mel. I mean, if he's directing and the movie's good, you know, it's okay. But when I see his stupid fucking face, I want to kick it. Uh, <laughs> Frogmen with uh, Richard Woodmark. That's a. Uh, this is before the Navy SEALs, and I guess they were UDT, uh, Underwater Demolition Team guys, in World War II, black and whitey. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, a, lot, a lot of those um, old World War II movies are pretty good. Uh, let's see. I don't need to talk about Badlands or Raging Bull, but I just did. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, there's a documentary called uh, Ain't In It For My Health uh, about uh, Levon Helm, the uh, drummer and lead singer for the band, uh, which is on Netflix. And I encourage everybody to watch that when it's really good. He was awesome. Um, this morning I watched uh, Hated, uh, Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies. Uh, this is the second time I've seen it, and he's still pretty fucking gross. And uh, I, when the girl was pissing in his <laughs> mouth, and he started to vomit, uh, and he did vomit, it, I had to turn my head because it started to gag. Uh, <laughs> eh, he's just—I mean, it's I guess interesting in a way, but um, I think he's a fucking idiot. Um, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, let's see. Trinity and Beyond, the atomic bomb movie, is fucking really good. Uh, um, it's like the, I guess they declassified a lot of the um, test stuff and vi- uh, not videos, but like movies of when they were testing H uh, bombs and atomic bombs. And this shit is so uh, awesome in a horrible, nightmarish way. Mm-hmm. They showed some of the stuff they did, like they would put ships out at sea, and you know, with nothing, like an armada of ships, and with nobody on them, and they would take like these goats and you know animals and chain them up and put them in these like things to make them stand in one place, and then blow up a goddamn hydrogen bomb, and then showed the effects. And oh, it was just awful. Mm. It's a living nightmare. I mean, it's like ugh. I watched Dallas Buyers Club with Matthew McConaughey. I also watched Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, I thought it was. Fucking very good. Uh, the only thing, 
Uh, I did some research on that I guy. know. Whenever you research, it fucking ruins everything. I read that too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I can see, I, I guess I can see the marketing reasons that they did it. Yeah. Because it'll appeal more to the masses. Yeah. Uh, whereas some people would reject it right offhand, knowing things about the guy that, uh, whatever. But I mean, you can look it up. But Go, uh, into, it, go into it cold if you can. McConaughey and Jared Leto were fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that's not just the weight loss thing. I mean, but though that is like, oh god. And I do. I have never really. I've always kind of uh, went off on Jennifer Garner and saying, you know, that I think she's not that great. Nor she was really good in this. I was, you know, I thought she was good. Uh, and I watched Escape Plan with Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, yeah. Sylvester Stallone. And Jim Caviezel, and I thought it was fucking really good. I watched it. Uh, I got I got Dallas Buyers Club and Escape Plan on iTunes. Mm-hmm. So when you start watching it, you got 24 hours to finish it. And so I made sure that I watched them twice. Both. Nice. That's it. Sweet. Um, yeah. So I haven't really talked about what I've been watching for almost a month. So I'm just gonna kind of scan through my list here and just kind of find some highlights. Um, one highlight was. Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, it'd been, I, I still had not seen it, but I finally watched it. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. The, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, the very handsome man that would played, uh, <laughs> that played Khan. Uh, Benedict, Benedict oh. Cumberbatch. Um, he was pretty good. Um, I liked all the ridiculous fights and stuff. And, you know, I, I liked how they kind of turned the, existing story around a little bit. I thought it was kind of yeah. cool. So I heard it was stupid. Yeah, whatever. And there was too much lens flare. I wish there was more Carl Urban. I wish they'd take lens flare and shove it up somebody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> who, who bitches about something like that. Whatever. I mean, people were entitled to their opinion. Carl Urban, I, I, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Bones. He wasn't in it too much, but uh, I, I, I liked him. So, um, Let's see. Uh, so I, I started my... This is goddamn J- January tenth. I watched this. My um, <laughs> cinematic shame list. I've only gotten into one the last month, but uh, Cape Fear, the original Cape Fear, ah. um, and I had never seen this. So, and I've never seen the Scorsese one either. Um, so, yeah, with Mitchum and and Gregory Peck. Uh, this was good. This was really good. I, I never knew exactly the story. Um, the uh, Mitchum's a fucking creep. Max um, Katie. Yeah, sitting there, there was especially kind of shit he would say about his daughter and stuff. And Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it was very good. I liked it a lot. Um, let's see. A Taste of Cherry was one that I kind of came across on Hulu Plus. Um, this is a Iranian, I think. Um it is a let me see where it takes place here. Well shit, I don't even know. Yeah, it's Iranian. Um it's basically a guy who is driving around the kind of uh, uh dirty outskirts area of Tehran and um he's he's looking for someone who will bury him under this cherry tree after he commits suicide. He's Jesus trying. He Christ. has money. He has money in his car, and he's just driving around. And the whole movie is just him driving around, having conversations with these people he picks up in his car. And he's like, "Listen, he'll talk to them a little bit, and when he sees that they're going to be friendly, he'll say, Listen, I need you to do something for me tomorrow morning. You're. Gonna, I want you to come back to this spot, blah blah blah, and 
try to wake me up. If I don't wake up, throw dirt on me. And so it's, it's really good. Um, <laughs> it sounds grim, but it's, it's a, it's, it's good. I liked it a lot. Um, let's see. In Dallas Buyers Club, we talked about that one was awesome. I went and saw that in the theater. Um, her, I watched the new, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix movie. Um, maybe not the best timing for me to <laughs> to watch it, but, uh, it, it was, it was excellent. Um, really? yeah, I, I'd really recommend it. It's, he's very good in it. Um, the Scarlett Johansson's voice is even sexy, but the, um, the one thing I noticed about it is that fucking the, the, everybody had these super high waisted pants in it. And I know it's supposed to be, it, they don't say exactly when it takes place. Obviously it's in the future because technology is well advanced of where we are now. But so everybody has to look forward to high waisted pants in the future. Maybe so. But I mean, I'm serious when I say like, like men and women, both belly button level pants. <laughs> I would like to have pants that come up uh, like to my chest. So they would be <laughs> over my gut. <laughs> Then it'd be like that the the old woman look with the with the oh. bunt the like Abdul the butcher started yeah. doing that. he would just pull everything up almost underneath his flat or his so, uh, so yeah he could lift flaps. up his tit flaps and like drop them on top of the pants. <laughs> um, inside Llewellyn Davis was another new movie I watched which was also excellent. Um, I don't remember the guy's name, but uh, this is uh, this is the Coen Brothers movie. It's about the. Um, it's, it takes place during the folk music movement of the early 60s that happened in New York City. Bob yeah, yeah. And this this is based on a book by a guy that was part of it that would never really had a lot of success as far as I know. Because um, I thought going in that it was going to be kind of like a fake character based on Bob Dylan, but it's not. It's, it's a different guy. Um, it's kind of a... I mean... It's not a happy movie at all. There's really nothing happy that happens in the whole fucking story, but it's really good. Um, kind of like life. Kind of like life. I mean, well, that's exactly what it's like. And, they, and the way they do it, I mean, it's it, there's nothing really glamorous about it. Like, it's always raining or fucking freezing cold or, like, dirty snow on the ground. Like, there's nothing glamorous about it. And they, they use a, a nice color palette in it that it's just like everything's kind of gray. Um, good stuff. Um, let's see. New World. I think we've talked about that already. The the oh, yeah. the the Korean gang, gangster movie I thought was excellent. Um, the Flying Guillotine. Uh, I watched that. It's this is the Shaw Brothers, not the master of the Flying Guillotine, but this is kind of the the origin of this thing in cinema, as far as I know. Um, there's some good action in it, but not a great movie. Um, it's worth checking out because. The Bastard of the Flying Guillotine has one old dude that uses it. This one, it's like a whole team of these guys that are basically trained to be ninjas, uh, assassins for the government that all have them. So there's fucking guillotines flying everywhere. It's pretty good at times, but not a super movie overall. Um, Buddha's Palm, another one that we did that one. Um, Bewitched a couple weeks, a few weeks ago. Um, this is in the same kind of vein as that. A lot of really bizarre kind of... Uh, <laughs> Buddha magic that happens in it. Um, not a, also not a great one, but entertaining. Um, I watched Goon, which was very entertaining. Um, <laughs> on the recommendation of you guys, this this is on Netflix Instant, uh, and uh, I liked it a lot. I, I was surprised. I thought it was just going to be kind of just okay. Um, and despite 
being about just kind of like dumb douchey guys. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was kind of heartfelt at times, and it was fun. Um, I liked it, even with the. Uh, I liked the callback with the tooth in the air and everything, and uh, that they do at the beginning and end of the movie. Uh, it's fun. And then in preparation for the show, um, I watched a couple Tomas Milian movies. Um, I watched Compañeros, which I'd never seen. This also has. Um, Franco Nero, Franco Nero yes, in it. Yes, I have seen that one. I think I own that one. This is awesome. Uh, I like this one a lot. Uh, Milian is just fucking chewing it up, and and Jacques Palance being uh, the the handless guy with the pet hawk. <laughs> I wonder if there's ever been a movie that Thomas Milian didn't chew it up. Nah. Well, no. Well. Yeah, I guess there there are there are because he's done serious movies too, which I'll come across eventually. I mean, he he was in um, what was that one? Uh, I know when he got older. Doesn't when he got older, yeah, I don't know about when he's younger. I mean, I'm sure there's something out the, out there, but he um, he's kind of over the top here. Well, and then I well the other one I watched was uh, Squadra Volante or Emergency Squad, and he doesn't really chew it up in this one. He's very muted in it. He plays this kind of obsessed um, detective who. Pre, like a few years prior, his wife was shot in a drive-by shooting where these guys were robbing a bank, and like his wife and his wife was shot. And um, ever since then, he had held on to the bullet casings of the gun that shot her, and he's just been obsessed with finding the person that did it. And uh, when the movie starts, there's a, another robbery going on, and he he shows up there and he gets a, a ballistics guy to see. Uh, you know, they're the same. He's been holding on to this thing, and the gu- same gun fired them. And uh, so he gets on this case trying to get it. And and he's very muted in it. Like he doesn't really scream or anything. He's kind of depressed and, and smoldering the whole time. So, Um, but it was good. Um, Yeah. And I watched some other stuff, blues brothers and stuff, but yeah, but those were the highlights for me. So Um, cool. Why don't we take a break and we'll get into the movies this week. Uh, let's do, we'll go in the order of the name of the show. We'll just do some Silva first with, uh, Milano Odia, La Polizia Non Può Sparare, or Almost Human. I'm sure that's not the exact translation, but, uh, we'll do that right after this. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. It's just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. You had one shot, or one opportunity to see spaghetti in one moment. Did you capture it? 
just let it slip. Yo. His palm spaghetti, knees weak, arms spaghetti. There's vomit on his spaghetti, spaghetti already. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm. Spaghetti, did drop mom spaghetti, but he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. He keeps on forgetting, he keeps on forgetting, he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes spaghetti. He opens his mouth, but spaghetti won't come out. He's choking how everybody's spaghetti now. Spaghetti, what the fuck? Blake, Blake chose that one. It's been a while since I picked these songs. I've never heard that. It's some kind of remix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mom Spaghetti. All right, first movie of the day. Almost Human. I'm not going to say the Italian name again. 1974. Uh, I forgot to mention, and I'm cheating here. I watched Point Blank with Lee Marvin, and it might have been the favorite movie I watched the last month. It was really fucking awesome. Um... The Angie Dickinson, a little bit nude in that. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she, she did. She showed her steps there. I think at one point she showed her titties. Yeah. Um. The, I guess. I don't know. One of these is supposed to. One of the movies we're going to do next week is supposed to be related to Point Blank somehow. I'll figure that out. But anyway, the um, almost human. Uh, directed by Umberto Lindsay. This is the third. Lindsay movie we have covered. Um, we've also done uh, Mean Tricks, <laughs> and uh, we recently what was Mean did, Tricks. That was that Napier movie we did. I we seriously did that like the first couple months. Oh, where he was like in Miami or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was sucked. Yeah, <laughs> Sammy likes it for some reason. What was the other one? Um, the Cannibal Ferox we did recently. Okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was better. And he's done a lot of he's done a lot of good stuff back definitely in the seventies. Um uh working with Milian and other people, a lot of a lot of uh Euro crimes. Uh he did some um some giallo. He worked all the way back into the fifties and sixties, late fifties. Um so I've not seen much of that. most of all most of the stuff that I've seen of his has been uh his seventies output. Um but Zama, you wanna Synopsize, oh. maybe. A psychotic small-time criminal realizes that the everyday robberies, rapes, and murders he commits aren't making him all that much money. So, so, <laughs> so he figures to hit the big time by kidnapping the daughter of a rich man. Rich man. Um. So this is this is uh this is our Silva movie. I guess it's a Henry Silva movie. I think uh, I read somewhere that the that that Silva had always played a villain pretty much up to this point. So they it was a little tricky for them to work him into being the hero. Man. I think they did a good job, and they also probably did a good job of minimizing his screen time when yeah, he's well, opposite they Richard Conti, and then he croaked. Oh, so okay. Like, who can we get? And they saw this like fucking stone face. Uh, mannequin, and they and the guy's like Henry Silva. Get me Silva. <laughs> Oysters, turkey, and Henry Silva. Yeah. Um. Ah. So you have uh, stone-faced Henry Silva on the trail of Julio Saki, um, played by the ever so chompy chompy Tomas Milian. Ah. Now, in the first thirty seconds of this movie, Milian is fucking scowling. Chewing on shit, sucking his he's, teeth. He's the perfect. Uh, if you wanted to take screen caps 
of someone. You could take one every like three seconds and pull up a different fucking facial. Oh my God. He runs the gamut here from being stone's face serious all the way to fucking mushing his face up against the glass and blowing farts. Um, He chews gum like he's got like fucking two big testicles in his mouth and he's trying to keep his mouth closed. uh, He smokes cigarettes like he's sucking a dick. I love him. Love him. Um, he's 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 sporting this pretty terrific like bowl cut mullet thing in the movie. Um, by the end of the movie, well, he got he gets a guy with him also that sports a very similar kind of haircut. Maybe it was a popular Italian haircut at the time, but he's sweaty the entire movie. He fucking screams and just goes nuts and he's goddamn creep man. He's yeah. a fucking sleazy creep. In his in his hair, I thought about it, but especially by watching uh, the Compañeros right before this. Um, he his hair varies so much in his movies. Like he he has a perm in a couple of movies that he's yeah, in where he has a like goddamn tube fucking pulled down there. And it's summertime over his perm. Yeah, that was and, the Rambo cop movies. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And he's um, I mean he's he he's had like this one. I don't remember the western it was in. He's got this real skinny little mustache and like sideburn things, and then the hair is like the perfect straight line across for the bangs, and it's long in the back like a mullet. He's got some weird hair in his movies, but um. Jesus. But they, uh, the first essentially half of the movie is the, is setting him up completely to be this fucking just loose cannon. Um, they show his twitchy face just all the time. He flies off the handle, so it's it starts off. And he's um, a douchebag, really. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know. And they, it starts off, and he's he's the driver of the um, of this this uh, I guess bank rob. It's a bank robbery, right? And yeah. they and uh, uh, he. He can't keep his shit together. He's not a, a cool guy, but he gets he gets uh, he gets better at being cool as the movie goes on. I wow. guess as he gains, I don't know some what confidence. your idea of cool is. <laughs> well, like well, like when he when he has the plan to go in to kind of oh that was cool to divert yes. that no, probably was hot to divert the uh, yeah. the kind of the path that the cops are following, like you know being you know yeah, he's crying cunning. And stuff he's like, like a rat. Yeah, 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 rat. I need to watch that again. Cynic rat in the fist. Never seen that. It's good. It's good. It's got uh it's got Saxon and uh uh the guy that Will hates for some reason, uh Merely. Oh, I was thinking of other people that Will hated, but I didn't want to blurt it out. <laughs> you mean like movie people. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um the uh <laughs> damn it, I just lost my train of thought. Um so yeah, the the the, ro- the robbery is inadvertently broken up by a, a, a beat cop, and <laughs> Melian just fucking panics and just blows the guy away. And the guys were like, well, you know, what the fuck, you know, run out. And uh, they uh, they have to. They, they there's a chase. There's um, it's a hell of a chase. Yeah, uh, the, with the kid and all that stuff. And uh, but then you know they they establish early on that just Melian just doesn't have his shit together. I forgot um, about that part with the yeah the kid. Yeah, the guys, uh, the guys with him just totally like, like break him down, beat him down. But they're like professionals, and then he's like, they look at him like, you know, he's a goddamn coward, he's a puss, he's a fucking douchebag. And they 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 do a fantastic job in the movie establishing him as that and maintaining that role. And it's 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 interesting, and this is why I'm glad you know when I say that it's the Melian show and Silva's kind of just like. He's there to push the story forward. It's, he's not 
even though it, even though he's one of the two quote unquote stars, he's really just more there to push the plot forward, and Milian is there to kind of display and show this this character, and he and he does go through a character change for better or worse because he he goes from being very nervous and uh, uh, being abused himself to kind of finding his place and finding people that he could take advantage of too. Yeah. Cause he and, never, he, he never went over the, the, uh, real top dog, uh, criminals because right. they, they, they are, you know, for what it's worth, they're like real badasses and he's just a poser. But when it comes to his chick and some of these other loser uh, friends of his, you this know, poor chick. And uh, I, I, I screen capped and posted a couple of the screenshots of the, of, of, of him, of some of the things that he would say to her, um, Oh, oh, he played, she loved the she liked the bad guy and he was like a fucking uh I don't know in his little goddamn speedos and shit. She <laughs> yeah. looked at him and oh, I mean he he fucking must have had a fucking hell of a dick. <laughs> well, he's like he, he's like you know he he comes there and he comes up shows up drunk to her place all the time asking for money, you know, and she's like I can't give you money I'm broke. He's like you're not broke, you're old and like slaps her in the ass. Yeah, and, uh, I'll make you see Napoleon, you bitch. You know stuff. I like how he treated her. That was pretty cool. Yeah, because she was just pathetic. But I mean, <laughs> and and he and he is, and uh, I mean, she is, and he, you know, he finally, you know, he has this plan of what he wants to do, and the ultimate, the ultimate kind of overall plot of the movie is not the not the robbery, but it's him. Um, first, he murders a cop because he's so hard up for money. He is like kind of just you know, breaking open a vending machine and a cop tries to stop him from doing that. So he kills another cop. Um, and then to show kind of how, like he's gaining balls at this point, basically. And to show kind of how ballsy he is, you know, Henry Silva is coming on the scene at this point and he's there to investigate this murder of this, of this cop that gets basically stabbed to death, trying to stop Milian from breaking this, uh, this vending machine. I keep, stumbling over vending machine. I keep wanting to say ATM, but it definitely wasn't that. It was a cigarette a machine. Cigarette machine. Yeah. yeah. Um and he's just right there like almost taunting uh Silva's character. I mean, what was Silva's character's name in this? Um Grandi. They don't really say his name too much. They call him Yeah, they call him Commissario or Commissioner. They they don't they don't call him Grandi too much, I don't think. I don't I saw I look at his name Walter Grandi. I don't recall ever even seeing that in the subtitles. Um, but Julio Saki was definitely there a few times, but so, uh, you know, he just shows up on this murder scene and this is only, it has to be hours. It's still nighttime. It has to be hours right after he has stabbed this guy and he's still hanging around there. He's not fleeing. And, uh, well, that's what they always say. It's like the classic thing where, uh, crime scenes or whatever, they'll say like the killer will come back to the scene of the crime because, they they get off on it or something. And I mean, yeah, and it's he's like, stupid. He and they're showing that. that you know he's yeah he's not the he's not the brightest guy, but he's fucking he's gaining balls because he uh, he's very um, when he's getting beat down by the pros, you know he's crying and he's he's like you know I'll do better, you know. And then Ridiculous. but then by this point he's like you know what I've off two cops, I'm getting my shit together, and he's like this guy's got never gonna figure out who I am. And Silva establishes pretty on pretty much early on. He's like, you know, this guy's a cop killer. If I find out who he is, I'm just going to blow him away. <laughs> I'm not even going to. Fucking... You were going to say that Silva established earlier, early on, that he has no facial expression. <laughs> yes, he doesn't at all. <laughs> he's like a 
fucking mask, man. He, he is oh. he is a rubber mask in this movie. <laughs> so awesome, his rubber uh, face. Um, but uh, another another great element of this movie is um, future future sex man has more fucking has more uh, has more facial uh, expressions than he does. Yeah, I love future sex man. He needs a we need another karaoke contest so we can get another future sex man entry. We'll we'll let it go for six months and then maybe we can get like three people again. Yeah, maybe. That's awesome. Um the uh but another part of it that I of this that I really like is how they show the uh Milan um because even if uh, even if the, the, the last shot you get a good idea of it, but they don't they don't do the city of Milan any favors in this, but there's fucking like they show that the, there's like a channel, I guess, that right that runs through the city. Um and it's there's just garbage just floating in the water. Um, the interiors of everywhere except for maybe the rich dad and the police station just grimy. Like everywhere's dirty, um, but it adds it adds a nice effect to it. Um, I wrote this down. I don't remember who what this quote was. He said, "Will they will they put you?" Oh, this is the 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 shop. So. Uh, Melian uh, established, or he, he he figures out this plot. He he's like, you know, there's this rich chick that works. I guess she works in his girlfriend's place, or she's yeah, yeah. So it, it, he's like, that's how to get some money. You know, enough of this bank robbery stuff and blah blah blah. You got to kidnap. And I, you know, I, I, there was a lot of movies that would come out, a lot of Eurocrime movies about, you know, kidnapping. And some, I guess this was a thing. I know that in a lot of poorer areas and like we you know even in uh, even in iraq now and stuff yeah russia uh, too it goes yeah, on kidnapping uh rich kids um was a thing so i guess in italy at the time it was at least made headlines some because they did quite a few movies with this kind of theme was that a, or no that was a german one the guy with the leather pants leather coat with the beard and the big glasses oh that was uh bloody friday bloody friday yeah, 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 yeah. wasn't that german it was a German. Yeah, it took place in Germany too, but it was kind of German and Italian. Yeah, it was a it was a co production. It felt it was definitely a it felt like an Italian movie, but it took place in Germany. Jaw. But um, the uh, the the kidnapping scene and the the subsequent, um, I got, I'll just call it the flesh sh- chandelier. It's kind of like the <laughs> the what this movie's known for. That that really sends him over the edge as just being a total just like scumbag. Not that he wasn't already established there for being a, like a psychopath. Yeah, from from abusing his girlfriend and being an asshole to her and stealing her car and uh, you know shooting, stabbing and shooting cops. But um, he really has no remorse. It seems like. Um, the I mean he they shoot this girl's boyfriend in the face and that was the the part we're talking about with the the mushing his face on the glass he's totally taunting her and stuff but the uh, the the, li- the line I wrote down when they were getting their machine guns he's like well they put you in purgatory after all those tricks I was like that was pretty brutal to say to that old lady too um, but they yeah that's, they're getting their guns and all that stuff and even even the inside of that shop was really gross and the and where they keep the girl when they kidnap her and um. There's a there's a quote in it that kind of I don't know it's it it uh, it kind of shows the differences between and and this was this kind of topic was touched on a lot in Eurocrime movies too but the difference between rich and poor um, he says he's Melian has a line in it he says I found people who live only for money a bit disgusting um, but 
this movie overall has a certain, well, not a, a definite right wing slant to it. Because in this movie, if you look at it, every poor person and nobody, everybody that has money is either weak, they're stupid, or they're evil, or all, or some combination of yeah. in there. All the rich people are victims in this movie, and the cops, uh, the the or the government, just they they have the right in this movie to just do whatever they want to clean shit up. It's the way it should be. Yeah, um, but the. <laughs> <laughs> But that's so, your group. yeah, and it, and I mean that's the kind of the theme of this, which I, I think this is this happens a lot, and it might might just have been done. I don't know that Lindsay was necessarily. I don't know anything about his personal politics. Odds are it was just done for exploitative reasons because that was kind of the 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 style of movie that was being made, the Dirty Harry ripoff, basically. Yeah, but I mean, there's you know, maybe that was the maybe that was what people wanted to see at the time. Um, but it was there's definitely that that vibe in this of the of the friction between the haves and the have-nots. But in this particular case, the have-nots are all kind of either either shown as weak or scumbags or both, um, and the rich people are all you know they're all victims. The dad and the 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 daughter and all that stuff. Got a hair up my nose. I'm trying to pull. The daughter was kind of cute. I thought. Summer. <laughs> is that the is that the nose hair uh, chant? Summon it forth to grab with the fingers. <laughs> it's probably one of those white ones. But uh, with all, you know, it, I was surprised. There was this one thing I was surprised that with all the shitty things he does and all the kind of shocking things you see, people getting shot in the face, and I, I'm surprised they didn't show the. There's a scene where he inadvertently shoots somebody through a door. I'm surprised they didn't show that person they shoot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about now. I was yeah, surprised that was... That of all the things that he does that they pulled the pulled a punch there. But just the thought of it is, well, yeah, yeah, is yeah. bad enough. Jesus. But um Jesus Christ. But yeah, like I was saying, I'm just I was really happy it stayed focused on him. Silva Silva's entertaining in it, but it's not his it's not his movie. Um he does show nice some nice range when he gets angry <laughs> on the phone and he limps once <laughs> with a cane. But other other than <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, what, "Wait a minute! He showed range. What range for him? Okay. He, he grimaces a couple times and he limps. So it's a good range for him." Uh, well, he doesn't smile. I do like when he smiles because it looks painful. He doesn't. Smile, he doesn't. Doesn't smile in this one, which kind of unfortunate. But um, do you have a, Do you have much else you want to add? I, I, I won't keep. Uh, I don't want to spoil any of the story itself. The main. No, story, so. I just. I mean, uh, this one. Uh, I was. Um, Goddamn hair! Um, I uh, it was exposed to this from the GGTMC. Oh yeah, and, they did uh, this a long time ago. Yeah, and it it's uh, Jesus Christ! It was it's over the top. I mean, uh, Milan is so over the top, but it's great. It's not like uh, what the fuck? Maybe it's my mustache. <laughs> I think I have a hair that's just that's just curled straight uh, up. I get those. I have Son to, of a bitch. Take your finger curled under your nose and just kind of like smoosh down your mustache. I am. <laughs> I got well, Jesus Christ. It was driving me crazy. Um, so anyway, I'm going to fucking kill some people. Um, <laughs> he is the, if you just want to see um, someone who just fucking chews up the goddamn, he just takes over the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. He overpowers everybody. Uh and he even there's like i said he's never his character is never um 
I, I wouldn't say like he's he becomes brave or anything. I just think, like I said, it's just like he's almost just like a rat, yeah. you know, who, who who's going to survive no matter what. He'll do anything, and even the fucking and a lot of times in these Euro crime movies, um, they portray. Um, the mafia guys. I know the one Silva movie that we did. I think it was Kidnap or whatever it was, um, where he kind of uh, gets the. That was a kid. Yeah, well, Kidnap movie. It's called Kidnap. Yeah. But um, he gets like the mafia guys. the The real hardcore mafia guys aren't really shown as being fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah. They're shown as they're they're they. It's like a respect thing, and they're more shown as professionals. And uh, it's it's guys like this or guys like in that movie that uh, um, that w- that you know when ki- like uh, in The Godfather when they say no women and kids or that's no, the professional no women and kids or in The Godfather you know I don't want this stuff sold near schools I want them to you know like yeah, they have yeah. this they try and make them uh, more sympathetic or whatever or ad- admirable yep and so you have that in this too where the uh, but. Uh, Million, even her, uh, he even, um, <laughs> I'd crack my back there. Um, no, I thought that was pulling out another hair. <laughs> no, no, that, w- that would have been a big hair. Um, he, um, even kind of uses them, uh, to set up an alibi. And, and you know, it's like, well, it is kind of a dirty, hairy kind of a ripoff because now that I'm thinking about it, when, uh, Scorpio and Dirty Harry gets that, uh, black guy to to beat the shit he pays this guy to beat the shit out of him and mangle his face so he can say that uh harry callahan beat him up mm-hmm. and uh um Milian's character sort of he doesn't do that but he he goes to the guys that beat him up at the beginning and he kind of uses them as an alibi like oh yeah, yeah. you know uh, i was here and they slapped me around to beat me up you know yeah i've been so, here all along and, and and you know you you see the parallels of you know the 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 uh, driven uh, obsessed cop who's going to stop this crazy guy uh, and it's a, sort of the exact same story uh, except as, except from the different point of view yeah because dirty you know Harry Callahan was more the yeah and, and his face. <laughs> Silva uh, Silva Eastwood is not. Or wait, yeah, wait, no. That, Eastwood Silva is not. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I don't know how the the story was written. But I will say that, like Paul Heyman in ECW, they always said he knew how to play to guys' strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I would say that if he had Silva and he knew Silva had uh, a wax face, uh, <laughs> that it's better, you know, that maybe he decided he was like, hey, I got this one guy, who's this goddamn. Fucking uh, he's a statue. He's a walking statue. A walking statue, and then I got another guy who's so animated that he's just like it's just awesome to watch him and all the shit that he does. So why not play it that way? And it works. So, but anyway, this is a this is a definite recommend. This is a at the top one of the tops of the list. I don't know if it's the very tippy top, but it's pretty close for uh, Euro crime movies. Yeah, now, yeah. there was one dude that um, they wanted. To play, uh, oh shit! Um, they wanted to play Milian's character, um, and he was in um, "Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man." One of the one of the main guys, uh, and um, oh shit, almost human. 
I'm typing now, people. Um, and apparently he was, you know, you look at Melion and you think, Jesus Christ, this guy is a fucking, uh, would probably be a... Um, oh, here it is, the, the quote on IMDb. Mark Mark Perel. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but was originally offered the role of Julio uh, Saki. Uh, Lindsay had a meeting with him and found him to be unreliable from both a human and professional point of view. Well, apparently he <laughs> was okay. He there was you know the two main leads in uh, Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. I think he was one one of those guys, and um, he was like a real up and coming actor or everything. But uh, apparently he liked to stick things up his nose and uh. Uh, his fingers, and he got like really bad with that shit, and. Um, Jennifer O'Neill, who was a you know big actress at the time, I think he was dating her, and he like beat the shit out of her and shit. Uh, and Lindsay actually might have even witnessed it and was like, "Hey, fuck you, motherfucker!" So that might be the uh, on a human. There was a little kid at the store the other day. It looked like he was just in pure ecstasy. He was laying spread eagle in the middle of the floor, p- just picking his nose just as deep as he could. <laughs> <laughs> I was just on that morning. Hey, oh man, he looked like he was just like. This is the greatest moment of my life. Just digging and like he was like, re- I mean, people had to step over him. He was just like, <laughs> while they were gagging. <laughs> I hate watching someone pick their nose. He was 16 years Especially old. Especially when they're in a car. You would think that if you're in a car, like the glass windows, people get this feeling that they must be like in a in a bricked up room. <laughs> oh yeah, they're just they're just singing away. My dad used nose. to like stick almost stick his whole thumb up his nose. The fuck is that? Hello. Hello. Oh, that's my answer machine's fucking. Oh. <laughs> I heard the fucking thing, and I was trying to, but of course nobody leaves a message. So I don't care. But anyway, um, you know, pick your nose. Thomas Milian, Henry Silva, almost human. Good shit. Um, good shit. Very good shit. I give it an eight point five. I like this one a lot. I've seen this movie like seven times. So seven times. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I like it a lot. I mean, yeah, I watched I, I watched it twice in the last two months, just uh, once for the show. So, yeah, I I've seen it, it twice, but I I really do like it. I mean, it's a good movie. Uh, I give it. Uh, I'll be right there with you. Eight point five. I yeah. think it's uh, it's awesome. And thank you for the gentleman, and maybe even for Cinema Diabolica, who is coming back. By yeah. the way, um, I, I'm sure I probably heard about this originally from them. I, they they were probably the original ones that got me into Eurocrime. Um. I have fond memories of sitting in a food line parking lot eating lunch and listening to their show during my lunch breaks back in my old job. So that was a good one. I'd go and get a Subway sub, and was, this parking lot was great because it was lined with trees along the edge. It's like you had a ritual. Yeah, and you could go. I would sit in this parking lot. Even if it was hot outside, I could still roll down the windows. You could sit in the shade because they were all they all had trees, and I could just watch traffic go by and people drive by, eat, listen to listen to podcasts, and eat lunch right there simpler in my car. Simpler times. It was simpler times. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's take a break, and we'll do our gold, some Ivan Drago and Rocky Four. Oh, and I think Sly's in it too. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's. From The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. Oh. 
<laughs> but don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. Oh, it's a husband and wife show, and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libsyn.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour. I thought that song was going to have something to do with Rocky Balboa, but I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> um, uh, Rocky IV. Um, this is the fourth Rocky, for anybody that didn't realize that. <laughs> um, directed and written by our good friend Sly, Sylvester Stallone. Good friend of the show. Good friend of the show. Calls in... He's called in like three times that since we last <laughs> did Speed Sack. So um, uh, I don't know if he realized we're doing Rocky Four this week. So we didn't get an email about or a voicemail about that. But I got um, so, something from his lawyers. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> synopsis. <clears throat> After Iron Man Drago. A highly intimidating six foot five, two hundred and sixty one pound Soviet athlete literally li- <laughs> damn it, literally destroys Apollo Creed in an exhibition match. Rocky comes to the heart of Russia for fifteen pile driving boxing rounds of revenge. Pile driving, that sounds very uh buttfuckerish. Well, <laughs> well we might touch on that too then. Deep in the bottle. Um so Zom. Hey, this is your first time seeing Rocky Four, right? What did you, <laughs> what did you think of? You know, this is funny. My growing up, we would always record random movies off HBO or whatever. At my my, yeah. cause my grandma had cable way before we did, so she would record just random movies in the middle of the night, and we'd just watch the videotapes. And this was I'd never, I'd watched Rocky Four when I was uh, let's see, I would have been nine when this came out. But so by the time I was on HBO, I was probably ten or eleven. Uh, I probably watched this damn movie until I was a teenager 50 times on VHS, not having ever seen any of the first three. <laughs> so uh, This might be the first time, let's just put it this way, this might be the first time I have seen it through adult eyes. Okay. <laughs> so starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, it's not starring Burt Young, and uh, The Gold of Silva and Gold. We need to get him to call in more often. Um, you know, that guy. So, Zom, what did you think of Rocky Four? Uh, oh, through, my through God. This <laughs> fucking movie is so 
fucking stupid. It makes me want to vomit. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Here's the deal. Let me tell you uh, something, sh- people. Okay, now listen up. <laughs> I know that Stallone has found a formula, obviously, with these movies that works. <laughs> but Jesus freaking Christ, this son of a bitch has probably five fucking montages in it. <laughs> and each one of them is like over three minutes long. Okay, so you have probably 15 minutes of just fucking... Of a 91-minute movie. Movie video montage. Of him working out or... Yes. Or uh, Dolph running around or... I love his little... I love his the one like workout thing he does where it's like I don't know what's strapped to his wrist or something, but he's kind of doing this like almost like a white guy on the dance floor move. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and, and this is definitely yuppie Stallone. Yeah, and uh, and it's got to be said, Rocky of Rocky One is pretty dumb. Yeah, he's great, um, and that and that's that's his thing. Like he's 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 a slow guy, and he overcomes odds. He does not show any of that in this movie. He's uh, a pretty smart, smart dude. <laughs> and okay, it's this isn't Rocky. This is Stallone. Okay, it, this should just be called Stallone Four, because <laughs> okay, first of all, the the first movie, like you said, Rocky is pretty much a punch drunk, beat up old fighter. Yeah, who's real slow and everything. He's he and in the. I think in the first one and the second one, his eyes are so bad that they said, you know, he could go be like blind because he can't fucking even see when Mickey like would fucking throw a punch from the from the side, he couldn't even fucking see it coming, and he slapped the shit out of him. Um, and and Rocky looks like a, a guy off the street now. Apparently. Uh, and you saw this in Rocky Three too with Clubber Lang. It was the, the Rocky Three and Four, um, you get Yuppie Stallone, yeah. who has decided that he is uh, okay. Rocky must have had plastic surgery. Yes, he must He's, have got his eyes operated on because he, they don't even bring that up anymore. He doesn't uh, have the. He doesn't have the uh, the because Rocky Rocky of Rocky 1 and 2 kind of had a he had a round kind of baby face not baby face but you know what I mean like kind of chubby face he looked like a human being yeah instead of a statue yeah um, he obviously had brain surgery and they regenerated <laughs> his brain cells that were damaged from all the punching yes because yes. He, there's no sign of that at all um, he uh, is a the heavyweight champion of the world and he probably weighs 160 pounds because uh, he's only like <laughs> fucking four feet tall, and he look, he's in his bodybuilding Rambo fucking phase. One of the things that makes me want to fucking vomit when I watch this goddamn fucking movie is when they go out of their way to show that Drago, while he's training, they show Rocky training, they show Drago training, and they after they do all the training... They show Drago and they show a syringe. It's showing that he's doing fucking performance enhancing drugs. I wanted, I don't know what it was. When I watched this again a couple months ago for the first time in forever, uh, I wanted to, my brain was thinking Drago's going to have turned a corner. And I was thinking when they showed the syringe that he was going to push it away. I don't know why, because as many times as I've seen this movie, I knew that he didn't. But I was like, 
I think I think he's going to be like I'm. I'm getting inspired by this guy uh, being brave, and, but it didn't happen. He just took the injection like a bitch. <laughs> well, and apparently, from you know, let me tell you something. Looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Rocky's going. Give me a syringe too, motherfucker. Do you think because, Dolph was doing steroids in the eighties? Oh Jesus fucking Christ! Look at him. <laughs> Do you know? I mean, I don't know anybody. That, I mean, you cannot have. I mean, I'm sorry. You just cannot look like that. Not beyond shit, and the <laughs> fact that they caught Sloan at the goddamn uh, airport in Australia with fucking vials of human growth hormone and fucking steroids, yeah, I think that they're probably, yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, so, the, but that's the the thing that I think is just fucking hilarious is this is such a propaganda piece. Yes, it's sickening because um, now everybody that's Russian is a fucking asshole. Yep. Or like a monster or almost like a they're, fucking... They're, they're cocky. Yeah, they're machine, you know. Yeah, right? yep. And, and they're just jerks. And then when they show that, they show a fucking um, Drago fucking taking the fucking steroids and then acting like Rocky is just this clean... He goes out, Drago's doing all this, uh, he's doing all this stuff, you know, like uh, state-of-the-art stuff. Well, Rocky, he don't need that. He goes out in the fucking uh, Siberia in a cabin and lifts a goddamn bag of rocks. And, <laughs> no, uh, uh, the wagon. The wagon with him sitting in it, I thought was really funny. I was like, I, 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 I could pick that thing up. With the fuck, with the, what is that called? The the fulcrum or whatever? With, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I'd probably pick that up with the people in it, because they're on the other side of the damn yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> seesaw. So anyway, so they do all that shit. Um, it's so fucking stupid. That Then you have this shit at the it's definitely an 80s movie when the goddamn stupid ass fucking uh paulie they get him a goddamn fucking robot which is dumber than dumb, <laughs> so dumb. and this fucking the robot, robot was pretty stupid you know, he just comes out and then he makes it like it's like a, a fucking hey paulie blah, blah 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 and it's like god this is just moronic because dumb, dumb polly is going to know how to reprogram a robot to have a woman's voice yeah and he's probably going to be like sticking his dick in the goddamn thing the <laughs> fucking god of super well the, the robot's pretty worthless because rocky decides to get this like uh this robot for polly for his birthday and <sighs> it it's like it's like the um the daleks back in the day where oh, yeah. they, because they, the Daleks would roll around on Doctor Who. They would roll around, and you always have to wonder, or like R two D two. You have to wonder what the fuck happens when he gets to stairs. And but maybe Polly's house doesn't have stairs. I'll give it that. But they do <laughs> at one point show the, the the robot outside in the driveway. Now I'm pretty sure there was at least one or two steps to get out there. But at the very least, there's a door threshold. You know, you always have that bump <laughs> under a door. <laughs> that robot was so fucking close to the ground, it couldn't yeah, even roll yeah. over that. <laughs> Oh, Polly, you, you, you're just overthinking this. But yeah. it did have it did have a, quite a high artificial intelligence, so maybe we just didn't have a way to... We just didn't show us, because it's only a 91-minute movie. That's what it is. It didn't have a way to and, show and us that it had a way to like lift up and like kind of like walk over bumps. It's, only a, it's, a, it's a 90-minute movie, and uh, but only an hour and... F- well, Jesus Christ, the fucking last fight's like 20 fucking minutes. Okay, <laughs> no, you it's take, that, it's 30. So you it's, take it's, four fucking montages, or four or five <laughs> montages that equal about 15 minutes, then a 20 to, or 30-minute fight at the end. That's a 45 fucking minutes of this goddamn fucking movie are basically... Music and and yeah. working out and sweating and grunting. Okay. Now, 
Sounds like my uh, kind of movie. Definitely. It's awesome. <laughs> now, we, we Why talk, does Rocky, when he's waxing his stupid fucking car and walking around the house, why does he wear his boxing shoes? He wears like a sweatsuit. <laughs> I didn't a, notice a that. A Gucci sweatsuit, sweatsuit, and then he wears his boxing fucking shoes with the pants for the sweatsuit tucked in. Okay, <laughs> now I forgot. Okay, one thing, one point that I definitely wanted to make was Rocky 1 and 2, Talia Shire, who is the sister of Francis Ford Coppola, is a predominant part of both of those movies. The 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 the, the love story. That's one one reason that the first one was so great. It wasn't just all about the boxing and everything. It was the 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 love story between these two schlubs, yeah, brain damage fighter, and this chick with uh, the fucking cat eye glasses who's like a real nerd, and you know she just uh, lives with her fat ass stupid brother who's probably fingering her every goddamn night. <laughs> And um, so anyway, but after for three and four, Talia Shire should just put a gun to her fucking head. She'd be like, why? The, I mean, I know she's collecting a, probably a great paycheck, but it was pathetic how they just regulated her to this. Yeah. You can't win. Just give up now. Just give up now. And I, I mean, it's like, Jesus Christ, motherfucker. Could you give me some fucking support? You goddamn <laughs> asshole. So anyway. <laughs> Now, she is did, nothing in this movie, you, other you, than she shows up in fucking Siberia and gives Rocky a fucking hug. That was very a very inspirational moment, though. It was. And, I mean, she she yeah. traveled all the way there, yeah. and and left the kid at home with the housekeeper with the robot <laughs> with the robot um, in the house. Now I don't know why. Um, I don't know how. After beating each other like almost to death. Rocky becomes best friends with Apollo. Yo, Apollo, I haven't heard from you. I know, and we need to touch on this because the opening scene is not even. It's like fucking how like how many minutes of the of the opening scene are from from Rocky Three? But it's a little gay. Yeah, (laughs) it's It's a little gay. gay, But I'm just saying, (laughs) he must the the thought the amount of thought that he put into this movie was it probably took him like two minutes to write the whole movie because you have probably. Say six or seven minutes at the beginning, which is just a scene from, from the, the end of Rocky Three. From the end of Rocky Three, <laughs> then you have fifteen minutes of montages and and Frank Stallone or whoever it is singing "Hearts on Fire" <laughs> and a burning heart is about to burst. Okay, now they give up totally on the um, on the uh, Richard Conte. Or not Richard Conte. Uh, that's the guy that was in the fucking. Um, Almost in Almost Human. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, what's oh shit? Conte. I can't remember what his first name is. He's the one that did. Oh yeah. And I expected that, but because um, Survivor had such a, 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 a big hit with Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. And, and I thought of our show instantly when I. Yeah. Well, that means in three that they, I guess they went. They just decided to get rid of all the 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 classic Rocky music, which I thought for sure, you know, man, that was some powerful shit. I still, right now, if you start hearing that, bop, 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 like at the beginning of yeah. Rocky, when they when it's a black screen and those white letters come yeah, across yeah. and they start playing that, I get fucking goddamn you get amped. Yeah. <laughs> Now this fucking thing is like Ronald Reagan wrote the goddamn thing or something. <laughs> it's sickening how fucking stupid it is. Now you have I've 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 left out 
a big part. Okay, you brought it up, but the bromance between Rocky and oh my god, they're very flirty with each other. Yes, when, oh, no, Apollo. Are you gonna ring the bell and 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 uh, uh, Weathers goes ding ding. Yeah, like my <laughs> dingaling, your dingaling, and and. I think Rocky must be the bottom too, because when he goes home and his son's like, "Hey, where'd you get the hat?" and he's like, "A friend gave it to me," and it's just like, "And what about the black eye?" He's like, "The friend that gave me that too." So it's Rocky like, must like getting beat up. Back. Yeah, my friend gave me that too. I would, if I was fucking Adrian, I'd be like, "Listen, you fucking goofball, Jesus Christ!" You know, uh, I'm sorry. Now, and I will say this. Um, Apollo Creed in this is a fucking asshole because <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, he's got kids, he's got a wife. Wait, he and has this, kids? I think he had a kid. Oh, maybe. Uh, I don't yeah. Know. Well, you see his wife for like three seconds. So yeah. Well, he had two dogs at least because he was playing with them in the <laughs> fucking pool. But this dickhead is such a a fucking egomaniacal jerk, which is classic. I mean, that is well, that's, classic that's Apollo in real boxing. The guys that don't know when to quit. But I will say this. For someone who is your fucking friend, I don't give a shit. If my best friend is in the goddamn ring and somebody's beating them to death, I wouldn't care if they came over and said, don't don't, don't, don't pull stop. the Because like Apollo's like, I'd rather die. I would rather die or suffer brain damage and be in a coma for the rest of my life. Than let a Russian beat an American in America. Than let a Russian beat an American. And it's like, then Rocky fucking looks at the towel and Drago is killing this motherfucker. Um, I can't remember. I'm having trouble remembering. In Rocky Three, what did what did Apollo do? What was his role in the th- in Three? Was in, he in it? He trained Rocky. That That's was, right. In the in the real dirty like like yeah, drippy gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uber, uber uh, gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because they would run and hug each other, and they would they would show. Oh, like, the run on the beach. I forgot. Showed their thighs. <laughs> the run on the beach. I forgot about that. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there was something going on there. Now, I will say this. The James Brown fucking entrance for Apollo Creed and Drago's reaction was fucking awesome. Amazing. And and we talked about... <laughs> it's funny that we, we have two similar roles this week. Because later on, uh, Dolph gets a little more... I mean, we, we make fun of him for doing like Frankenstein and stuff. But he gets a little more uh, acting ability, I guess, as he goes on. This is maybe his... like third second or third yeah. role ever and they they do write on them and it's funny that we picked these two because this is still this was like silva's first time being like a a, a hero and this is this is uh dolph at the beginning of his acting career and yeah, dolph is stone face and silva is wax face yeah so they they do they do well in minimizing the screen time of these two larger than life characters mm-hmm. but still making them menacing and big part of the story at the same time well and i even posted this on our fucking page because i looked i looked at a picture of rocky standing beside or standing facing drago in the ring and i was like god damn how the fuck tall is um dolph lundgren and it said he was six foot five now it says that sylvester stallone is five ten now i don't believe that <laughs> but they had to have had Dolph standing on something because it looked he looked like Andre the Giant. Okay, <laughs> if Stallone is five ten and Dolph is six five in that picture, Dolph looks like he's two feet taller than Stallone. Now I know they did that to make him look more menacing and shit. 
you know, because, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, fucking when he stood there, Hulk Hogan, he barely came up just a little past his goddamn belly. I bet, I bet he, I bet Sly is more like 5'8". Yeah, because Carl Reathers is real short, and that's why, and, and, and Mr. T, that's why they picked them. Yeah. But, um, so fucking uh, Apollo, um, goddamn selfishly decides to, he would he he's wants to die because he's not fucking uh, <laughs> famous or something, and then Rocky is like just like oh my god you know, and another thing I mean it's like they made more like when Rock when they were at the funeral, Rocky fucking gives this goddamn speech okay now all he has all he knows of Apollo is he is he fucking they fought each other, and then. Apollo's manager, he said, I raised him up and I, I trained him, I taught him. So this guy's known Apollo like all his fucking life. And instead, they get this jackass who's in an Armani <laughs> suit with fucking his perfect hair and everything. And he's like, you know, Apollo, you very blah, 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 and goes on with this stupid bullshit. And then they give the, the, the thing, and he's like, uh, Rocky, Rocky, where's the fight going to be? In Russia. So he has to go to Russia and face not only does Rocky have to face Drago, but he's gonna go into the belly of the beast. He's gonna he's gonna face the whole fucking Soviet fucking union. And right then, there in Moscow. Oh, no, they're not in Moscow. Do they ever say the city they're in? Well, he, I don't know. I, like I said, I think it gives like goddamn Siberia to fucking train. And I think it's funny that this guy just owns a house out in the middle of nowhere, at like a, a farm or something. And the uh, AGB shows up with this goddamn dumbass. When they get off the fucking plane, here's Polly, and he's dressed like a fucking you know slob. But Stallone looks like honestly, I mean, it just it, he. It's just Stallone. It's not fucking Rocky Balboa. He's dressed in like everything. He has like black. He, he has he has Hugo on. Boss. Uh, he wears a Hugo Boss like sweatshirt yes. a few times. Yeah. And do, didn't Hugo Boss fucking uh, make the goddamn Nazi SS uniforms and shit? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I'm almost 100 percent on that. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those yeah. Fucking assholes. So anyway, here's goddamn yuppie Ronald Reagan dick sucking fucking. Uh, What's his face? Stallone. And he's going to go fight Drago. So now the boxing, I will say this the boxing in these movies is fucking unrealistic as shit, but it's good because it's almost like the thing fighting fucking the Hulk comic book. It's just like uh, two guys just fucking uh, uh, like a comic book fight, but it's, it's entertaining. It's not, you know. Um, the fight, the, the fight's good. I mean, you know, it's, it's exciting. It gets the blood up and everything, but then, you know, um, just, just, I don't know. I mean, it, this is such a propaganda piece and I'm a fucking American and I love fucking American. Really, but God damn it. It's, it's so transparent and it's, it's almost like gross now to watch it. Cause you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. It, you know, once you hit me over the fucking head and with Rocky <laughs> wrapping himself up in the goddamn fucking flag. And then he gives that stupid ass <laughs> speech at the end. You know, if two guys like us get to read and fucking meet each other, and fucking death, it's like, I think, and, and he tries to, to dip into the Rocky, uh, speak, 
where he's like, use guys and us, and you know, and it's like, no, wait a minute, you're fucking smart now, and now all of a sudden you're going to be fucking stupid for a couple seconds, and Drago has to have his moment of, of uh, you know, I fucking do like when the guy wants Drago to, to um, doesn't Drago pick somebody up over his head and fucking throw him or something, like Andre the Giant? Hello? I'm here, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you going to be part of the show or what? Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but Drago, Drago does the deal like um, like you said about the syringe where you thought maybe he'd push the syringe away. Well, he has that moment. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that in, the, in the match, yeah. And, I, and what's funny is, what, what I think would have been funny is if they would have showed the Zom uh, uh, extras that were cut from the movie, which is the KGB taking Drago down in the bottom of the Lubyanka prison and fucking uh, put, uh, uh, putting a gun to the back of his head and blowing his brains out uh, because he was, <laughs> because of what he did. And then them, like, you know, Rocky, I don't know. I mean, I still would like to have seen some sex scenes between Rocky and Apollo. <laughs> And have Clubber Lang, uh, like Adrian is cheating on Rocky with Clubber Lang. What about which I think, what about Drago and Bridget Nielsen? That would be a good one. Now Bridget, I forgot about her. Boy, she was a big ass bitch. <laughs> um, and and you know I don't know what it is. I, I mean Stallone and her fucking got married, which is pretty gross because she's like six foot three and he's like five foot two, and. But, you know, I don't know. I, I She was good in the part. She looked like Drago's fucking sister more than anything else. <laughs> but she was supposed to be an Olympic athlete, too. She was like some gold medalist in swimming or some shit. But she she played her part well as the ice-cold, you know, whatever he hits, he destroys. <laughs> I love. What, that's I, all I have. I mean, I just, I don't know. When I was watching, I was just scoffing and laughing, or, you know, and just kind of like <laughs> – the vomit would come up in the back of my mouth. <laughs> well, because be, patriotic. Because I've seen, I saw this so much as a kid. It has nostalgic value for me, but it is a really silly, silly movie. But I still get, I still get pumped up at all of it. Uh, yeah. The um, I, I, oddly, I watched two movies in a week with James Brown in it. This one and uh, Blues Brothers. Yeah. Um, but the uh, you know we're talking about the the Silva link again. The uh, I love the the acting range that Dolph shows as he has this weird moment where him and Apollo get in an argument at the table uh, when they're kind of doing the press conference and he has this really awkward looking shove. I'm, I wonder how many times they had to film it and it still looked bad. But he kind of he kind of shoves Apollo and then he like straightens his jacket and shakes his head and, <laughs> and he still hasn't. This is like thirty minutes into the movie. He still hasn't said anything. Well, he's and, um, just sitting. I mean, he's sitting there being like, just you know, not saying anything. And Apollo, I know Apollo's trying to like play games with him and stuff, but Apollo kind of came off like an asshole. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that's that's Apollo too. I mean, Apollo's always ex- not in three. He was very uh, he was very kind and helpful in Apollo three. Apollo got but... what he deserved. He should have kept his fucking, <laughs> sn- you know, he did. He asked for it and he fucking got it. The, um, but I love <laughs> I love that moment when he's all. That that intro that he has with the fucking bull that with the smoky awesome. thing, yeah, and James Brown and and he's dancing. Uh, Apollo, uh, uh, they should have had some better dance moves for him. He has some pretty yeah. shitty dance moves, but he. Um, <laughs> I love when they come up and they meet in the middle of the ring, and he he's all like, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And Drago's just standing there looking at him, and he hits the gloves, and his fuck. Uh, Drago's gloves don't even fucking move at all. 
Well, it's like he's it's like, like you will lose. Apollo is just reveling in the in his the show. I mean, he he's yeah, yeah. he's getting to live the his, and I'm sure it was like you know something like that's like an addiction where you know you come out and you play the crowd and you got him in the palm of your hand and everything and then you know you have to go home and just play in the pool with uh fucking tennis balls with your dog <laughs> waiting for Rocky to come over so you can fucking suck his dick. So so uh the, the, the I don't know how much baby oil they used at this fucking movie but Lots people just yeah especially Dolph he is glistening through this entire movie except when he's wearing his like Soviet military uniform. He probably but, uh, had baby oil all over him then too. Yeah, he, was, the, 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 he couldn't sit down for too long because the clothes would just start sliding off of him. Just so <laughs> through. It looks like he shits. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought it was funny that Rocky is fucking just like all they they point out how loaded he is constantly. But he but uh, Talia Shire still drives around that shitty two eighty Z. He's yeah. driving a Ferrari and stuff, and he's buying robots, and he makes his wife drive around on yeah, Nissan. Yeah, Rocky's such a jerk. Uh, he's going to go to goddamn uh, the fucking Soviet Union and fight this goddamn monster, and he didn't even tell his wife. The, the, the fucking reporters are outside. <laughs> she goes, what do you think about the fight? And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and how ridiculous does Sly look at the when the trading sequence, when he's pulling that sled like a dog? <laughs> He grew a beard too. The beard. I gotta say, I, I still think going back to that other one we did, uh, Nighthawks. Nighthawks. I think Sly looks good with a beard. I like him with I a beard. I do too. I, I wish he would let his hair grow long too with the studio. That was Studio Fifty Four. Sly. Yeah, I I like Sly with a beard. He morphed out of that, and then he became goddamn. Uh, then he became Yuppie Sly, and then after that is when he tried to become Picasso Sly. Uh, with the wearing wearing like uh, parachute pants and douche painting. fucking looking yeah. stupid asshole. <laughs> and instead of the Philly. Uh, running up the stairs and yelling, we get a fucking climbing a mountain and yelling. So, oh, that was so goddamn <laughs> bad. But uh, I love you the had stuff. To have fucking mountain climbing shit to get up there like that. You know, a helicopter just drops Stallone off on that peak. Because <laughs> how the fuck would you can't? I mean, how the fuck could you? It'd be like they put him on top of Mount Everest. Yeah. Oh, I ran, I ran up. <laughs> now I, I I love all the like digital Soviet technology and stuff. I thought that was pretty pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it's very very dated, but I, that made me laugh. And um, that they didn't have a robot. I <laughs> I would love they well, didn't. They need did. It. They had dolls. Yeah, I was gonna say they didn't have. They didn't need a robot. Um, they. Uh, I I I want one of those giant painted Drago banners because that thing was pretty awesome with this with the hammer and sickle and the fucking like worth anything these days. And they had like a Gorbachev lookalike sort of guy. They yeah, that three yeah. Uh, proletariat dudes. Yeah, and he was the first one to stand up and applaud. And they were pissed at first, but but Rocky won him over. He Rocky single handedly brought down the Berlin Wall. I, I that is, I, I'm pretty sure it happened right after Soviet this movie. Union. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys that missed the Soviet Union. Rocky I wish we would have, wouldn't have spent all the fucking money we spent to bring down the Soviet Union. We could just sent that stupid fuck over now, there. Now, in Rocky Balboa, was he back to punch drunk again? Yeah, he got stupid again. Okay, okay. I could. I can't remember attack. Rocky Five. He looked like Dick the Bruiser on steroids. Uh, you know, and and man. the goddamn guy that was the fucking heavyweight champ looked like a fucking real boxer. He wasn't like all bodybuilderish. And then Rocky was supposed to be like sixty fucking three or something, which he was, and he looked better than that guy. That was <laughs> unbelievable. The um. 
The I lost lost what I was gonna say. Science versus elbow grease is my one note. So yeah, yeah, it's always it, it, do the, the do it the American way. Don't cut corners, and you will always beat whatever odds you're up against. Don't don't cheat. Um. So uh, what do you rate this? Um. Jeez, it's hard to rate because it's such a repulsive fucking movie. Um, <laughs> but it is entertaining. And like I said, the formula works. This fucker probably made a ton of goddamn money. Um, meh, I, I liked one, two, and three better. But I will say I will give this a 7.25. No. <laughs> I'm right there with you too. I give it a seven. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a I ran into better view, and I just fucking went nuts. On. <laughs> and you trashed it, yeah. but it's a trashable. It's a fun trash yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. Seven and a seven point two five. Um, on fire. <laughs> Strong deal. They should have played that when him and uh, Apollo were butt fucking. Ooh, butts what? on fire. Mm, buttholes on fire. You know, um, Adrian, it's just like, uh, that's just the way we are, you know? Uh, you just gotta have to accept that. We're just close personal friends. He's my best friend. Cool. You know, I think that a relationship that is based on beating each other almost to death is kind of a fucked up masochistic <laughs> kind of a thing. You know, it's yeah. weird. It's like, yeah, we almost killed each other, but now we have respect. And, you know, I like Apollo. He's got nice hair. He's, you know, got a nice firm body, got nice, nice supple buttocks. Nice hairy chest. He's, he sweats. Like, oh, man, I, I forgot to mention it. When the, the part, they were, why were they already sweaty about all the way back at the beginning when they were coming in to box each other? Like, yeah. they were already they, fucking they sweaty. They weren't sweaty. They were oil. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right. Let's, now, let's, I don't know. I just want to add this. Okay. Because I don't know if it's racist or not. Why did Polly, why did they show over and over Polly and Apollo's manager, who is this black guy that's got a shaved bald head? And every time Rocky would start to do something, Polly would be rubbing that guy's head. I thought that was <laughs> kind of fucking weird. He's like, hey, did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think that was odd. Man, it's weird that I know this movie the better of all the other Rocky movies. So, but anyway, still like it. I got the original on blue, and I'm telling you, I hadn't seen it in probably 15 fucking years. And I said, "Hey, you know, this Rocky. I haven't either. It's cheap on blue. I got it on Amazon, and I put that fucker in. And I'm not shitting you. When that guy, like I said, I said it before, the screen is completely black." And those goddamn white letters start coming across, and they play that. I I got fucking goosebumps. I well, mean, they did it at the beginning of this Jesus. one too, but then they too they show those really cheap looking gloves that explode. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's wrap this up. Well, let's take a break, and uh, we'll come back and do some feed sack. It's been piling up, doing it the GGTMC style. We'll be right back. <laughs> what? What? No one would have believed in the first years of the 21st century that Hammer films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. 
No one could have dreamed that Amicus Films were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility that this area of film still had anything to offer. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own regarded this podcast with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against it. The Hamicus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus, and every tenuous link in between. Hamicus.com and iTunes. Cheers. like Bernie's music choices. Is that the music they played when Polly's Robot came out? <laughs> yeah. That's the music they played when Polly was in the back room giving it to the robot. Uh, time for some Ugh. feed sack. Are you ready? Um, so we apologize to uh, everybody uh, that it's been a while since we've done the feed sack, but we'll get caught up today. We'll be ready to rock and roll again. So keep calling it in. We got one that's literally, let's see, today is, yeah, this is literally a month old, so. Is it Larry Bishop? It's Larry Bishop. (laughs) Gentlemen. Oh, wrong show. Here we go. Silver Gold. This is the Night Flicker. Holding in some feed sack. I don't know if you can hear me over my talking over the intercom, my phone. Driving home on this fucking cold <laughs> Tuesday morning, man. We're shattering records here in Ontario. It's minus 26 <laughs> centigrade. I don't know what the fuck that is in Fahrenheit. Yes. I don't understand that shit. But it's fucking cold, man. Like, boiling water turns to steam instantly type cold. Anyways, guys, just listening to uh, your latest episode, the Witchcraft episode. Don't have much to say on that. It was good stuff, good stuff. Seen the Craze movie before with Palance. It was good. Uh, Never seen the sequel to Box Omen. Sounds interesting. But what I am phoning in for was Loaf and Zom were talking about leaving shit in school to the last minute. And I've got the ultimate last minute fucking story here for (laughs) you. In college, I took fine art. So pretty much finger painting, uh, paying you know, twelve thousand dollars, whatever. So, uh, so I can work in a factory for the rest of my life. But that's uh, that's besides that's, the point. That sounds like me. The end of my first year, 
uh, I, one of the classes we took was sculpture and uh, woodworking. A woodworking sculpture with geometric shapes was one of our big fucking projects. We're the quarter of our mark, I think. We were supposed to, uh, I don't know, I don't even remember. It was a 3D, they fancy name for it, but basically it was just putting together fucking shapes in a sculpture form using wood and paint and uh, what have you. One of the rules in our um, class, a fairly progressive uh, fine art class, was don't use the woodworking uh, area if you were stoned. <laughs> well, I never got around to doing my project all year. So the day before the marks ran in, I have nothing done. So what did I do? Well, I went out to party with two chicks in my class, and I took the bottom half of the one chick sculpture and the top half of the other chick sculpture, put them together, took my pictures, handed them in the next day, and got a better mark than both of them put together. <laughs> well, not put together, but nice. either of them got just by fucking hobbling together their two sculptures. So there you go. That's uh, the Ontario Collegiate fucking fine arts nice. system for you. And you'll see the good it did me. Anyways, guys, <laughs> obviously, love the podcast, as always. Loaf, thanks for all your help, or attempted help, uh, getting my own podcast up and running, which you guys will be able to download shortly. And yeah. members of my Feed My Ears group can download episode zero right now. Aha, they got a plug-in. All right, so I'm going to hang up now. Hopefully this came through on the intercom, shit in my car, and I'll <laughs> see you guys on the flip side. Later. Um, so yeah, <laughs> feed, feed my ears. I don't have that loaded up. I should have had that. Uh, yeah, feed my ears. Check it out. Music, music discussion. Um, thank you, John. I don't know what, I don't know what he likes to, prefers to go by. He just calls himself knife licker, but that's a hard one to say. That's a, that's a knife licker. Knife licker. Knife licker. Um, okay. Uh oh, we got some big voicemails from a familiar. Does have a big pimple on the side of his cheek in that picture. I think it's a mole. Okay. So I'm gonna just like go. You probably can't. That one it has to be removed. Uh, um, you got some uh, maybe familiar voice here. More feed sack. Oh yeah, it's so Steve Austin. Oh my God! And I wanted to call in and talk about that piece of shit Red Dawn remake. Well, actually, Stoopel didn't see it because he knows it's gonna be a piece of shit. And Jake McClure, who Doc Design review, confirmed it. Well, you see what Stoopel wants to talk about? A two opportunity could have been a Red Dawn. The first is the original classic Red Dawn from the '80s. It's a Stone Cold. He was at that age range. He's a little bit too old, but he could have still played. You know, young. You know, high school or maybe early twenty something. You know, so I went and I auditioned when I was, you know, trained to be a wrestler, get fit and in condition to be in the movies, be one of the American boys that was gonna whip some comedy ass. But you know, I, I had a turn down, I had to focus on my wrestling, and then that Charlie Sheen motherfucker took the role. And goddamn son of a bitch, and he's okay. just a son of a bitch. I'm gonna hit him with a stunner the next time I see him. Yeah. <laughs> the second time was the remake. If you ever wanted to do that remake, it's the late nineties. And I went up the base and I said, look, 
We want the WWF. We want our WWE nowadays because that's fucking pain just took our goddamn name. But the WWF, because that's what I know it as. The WWF, we wanted to bring out the films. It eventually happened, and the condemned one of WWE's films became the highest gross movie of all time. No, what the box office and the critics say, it did. You all know it. There's a conspiracy holding it down. What? Well, you see, back on 99 or so, on my love this. Let's get a Red Dawn remake going. But let's stretch it up. Fuck these little Yahoo American bitch boys that are going to save the day. You know, Charlie Sheen motherfuckers going to come in with crack cocaine and save the day from the comics. It's going to be a bunch of wrestlers drinking some beer, lifting some weights, and whipping some cocaine. See, the commies, we're going to come on down, then we're going to try to take over America. And we're going to come straight to Washington, D.C. But guess who was in Washington, D.C.? Let's tell you, WF wrestlers, some of us are stone cold. The Rock, the Undertaker, the Mankind, Triple H, even fucking Shawn Michaels, back to back to the little bitch didn't have a bad back. He's just going to go fight Jesus. That's a story for a different day. Jesus. We had them all, even the Xboxes and all the little guys that I don't remember, uh, the Joppers, you know, the, the Tiki Nichi Nukus or whatever. The Stone Cold got them all. And we walked, the cops came into the damn building when we're doing Monday Night Raw. They tried to interrupt us, so we went fast. We opened up a can with that. We shut some foots up their candy asses. We shut some sockos in their tacos. Uh, that might not even make sense. So come on, Father Son, run. In their candy asses? I'm a little fired no, up. No, in the saco in their caco. Remake, so I'm sorry if oh. I don't make sense. This is going to be the greatest movie of all time. I asked Grossman, and it got shot down by some bullshit studio saying That's nobody would want to watch a bunch of rappers with some comedy. And to that, I say, what? And they would say, ain't no wrestlers going to whip some comedy. I'm like, what? They say, hey, no, it's not Stone And after all, the bottom line goes, the Stone Cold said so. That hey. piece of shit, Red Dawn remake, wouldn't have been such a piece of shit as made in the late 90s with Stone Cold and the rest of WF crew. And the perfect, perfect joke is the big finale was going to have Shawn Michaels, Triple H, reunited D-Generation X because they're so good at burying people, we would use them as the ultimate weapon to bury all the fucking time. Uh. And they were just going to switch in there to bury in the middle. I saw Taka Michinoku in that uh, pay-per-view I was watching. Wrestling Kingdom, yeah. Still around. Um, God, I hope this isn't Stone Cold again. (laughs) Hey, it's the Cinemaster Justin, a.k.a. the little son of a bitch, according to Stone Cold. I wanted to call in and first... Give a big congrats to Flaskalone and win the karaoke contest and everybody else who's entering and uh, being great competition, just great sports as always. Uh, and why I am calling is also in uh, direct correlation. I placed, was it second, third? I placed something. I lost the slime. We all expected that. Second. Uh, but I did get a, uh, a runner-up prize, and and I kind of knew right when I opened it, it had to be from Silver and Gold, because who else knows me this much? Than to get me a Daniel Bryan action figure. Yeah. Now I know everybody's just, like, oh, just, I'm afraid just. of getting a cold anal douche. Well, let me tell you something. You're not always going to get a cold anal douche. Even the cinematic sometimes gets something good. So I guess I could use Daniel Bryan as a. No, no. Uh, uh, I also want to say how great uh, timing this was, too, because, uh, you know, that nephews now, and I could, they're kind of getting into wrestling, and since I still have, uh, I had a lot of the old wrestling figures boxed up, I, you know, I dug them out and I've been playing with them for a bit, and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to get some new guys for him to play with, and most specifically, I want Daniel Bryan because I want a Daniel Bryan toy. So I went to Walmart and I grabbed one for ten bucks. It's not a toy; it's an action figure. Yeah, it's not a doll. And you could tell it was, I guess, 
the second-rate versions that they're going to sell because they were a bit more stiff and weren't as mobile. So I was like, oh, I guess I can just have this one, like, kind of for me, but, you know, it's kind of hard to play with. And I was like, so I'm, I guess you know, maybe I'll go online or go to a KB Toys or something. <laughs> Do they even exist anymore? Whatever. Uh, you know, get a you know better Daniel Bryan toy. Well, two days uh, later in the mail, I got the better it. Daniel Bryan toy. It's much more mobile, more, you know, it's not stiff. I can move it around more. It's better size, It's too, called articulation. Short, but the other one was, like, smaller than just was. And I know the size wasn't that much different from the other ones that were in Walmart. It was just, it's like the size has shrunk a bit. Because Brian's probably the same fucking height as Shawn Michaels, and the other Shawn Michaels toy wasn't, wasn't towering over it, but it was a few more inches. As you can tell, just the way whoever designed it, uh, they had the same type of models going, but they, they kind of had like a, a smaller size. This Brian one matches up much better with uh. all the other toys. So now they, okay, specifically I get to play with the Daniel Bryan toy, and if they're good, you know, they can play with it. They got to get stuck with John Cena. Actually, no, <laughs> they get to be stuck with Edge and them. I get to be stuck with John Cena because I make Daniel Bryan beat the shit out of John Cena and Shawn Michaels. I'm like, yeah, who's the bitch now? So, yeah, it's strange. You'd think I would have grown up and would have gotten out of this, but nah, yeah, it's still kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Hope I don't get as violent as I used to when I got uh, into ECW and started buying all these, like, toys. I would even use, like, light bulbs as weapons with the toys. I really shouldn't have been doing it. It's kind of dangerous. I'm going to try to keep that away from my nephews. They probably shouldn't see ECW until they're teens. MMA! Uh, oh, wait. Younger because it was on TV sometimes. <laughs> Alright, so I just want to say thank you, gang. Uh, thank you, guys and gang. If you're afraid of getting the cold animal douche, even the Tim Askis, the only person on the group that'll probably get a cold animal douche, sometimes doesn't get a cold, cold animal douche. Anal douche. So next time we get an air carrier contest, I'm going to see a bunch of people. Not just me, Sly, Bryn, and Bernie. I want, I want everybody, every single person in this group, uh, to put something in. So, thank you, guys. The So I did watch, I did watch the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, I won that. fucking Batista. Can Do you, you believe think CM that? Punk really quit? I don't know. I don't, I really don't. I, I I think he probably did because ah. I don't know. I he uh, I'm off. You think he'll come back? Yeah. I don't know that he needs to. Jesus Christ! Bret Hart came back and he killed his brother. <laughs> yeah, and his brother-in-law. Um, the um, I don't know if he'll be, but yeah, I I couldn't believe I I knew he was going to be in it, but it was really humorous. The uh, so I watched this with a group of people. I have not watched a wrestling pay per view with in a social setting in well since like WrestleMania nineteen. Um, and it was fun. I mean, you know, people brought like cupcakes and shit. We had food, um, but it was pretty cool. But the um. Royal Rumble's an easy one to like, you know, get excited about just because I, I, I it's, it's a great, and I think I, I heard on a podcast recently that Pat Patterson was the, like the brainchild of it. Like it was kind of his idea, but it's, a, I mean, it's, a, it's just a great setup, Matt, even if it's not a great match, it's still just fun because you don't know who's going to come out next and the whole time thing. You got constant countdowns. It's, 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 it's Hacksaw it's, Jim Duggan come out. Hacksaw did not come out. Hacksaw was there though. He 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 was on the like Legends like announce team or whatever. Probably plugging uh, that new TV show they're gonna do. Oh yeah yeah. But um the uh, yeah but fucking Batista won and he came in late and he looks he doesn't look very good. I mean he's very like Batista's a very he's he's locked in a certain time and I can't believe they're gonna give him a fucking push again and. But the 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 most surprising thing about it was the reaction 
to Daniel Bryan not being in it. Like the whole the whole arena was like pissed. Yeah, and because it's live, they didn't they couldn't like you know edit out the crowd sound. <laughs> it's they were I mean when Batista Batista came out, the boos were I mean just. I mean, it was like you could hardly hear the dudes talking. It was amazing how how loud people were pissed about about it. So. Daniel Bryan's the underdog. He was, and he he had a pretty good match earlier. They with, know uh, it too. I'm to me, I think that they know the, how the fans feel, and they know the fans feel like that they're holding him back, yeah. so they're doing it, and it's they're they're manipulating the fans. It's part of the storyline. It is. He's going to be the guy that is better chasing the belt and fighting. Yeah. He doesn't, uh, you know, fighting the powers that be, you look, you look at it this way, you know, the the guys that have been around a long time and they'll say, you know, how proud were you when you won the belt? And a lot of the guys will say, I don't give a shit if I won the belt. I was making money. And I think that's what it is. I, you know, I think, I think the fans are being markish over Daniel Bryan. And if, except Justin, except for Justin, he's, he's true. He's Justin's a smark about <laughs> the, but the uh, you know being pissed that he doesn't get the proper push or whatever, but he's always there near the top lately. Even if he doesn't win the belt, he's making money. WWF making money off of him, so who knows? I don't know. I I, I don't really have I don't really have a pony in the race, but. Yeah, because Ernie Ladd's dead. Ernie Ladd is my grandpa. With teaching me the 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 oh. thumb, was uh, he's he's been gone a long time. Stop your Mr. TV announcer. All right, we got one more. Ernie Rhodes is eggs like a dog. One more for Justin. Oh, I'm Jesus. sorry, guys. It's uh, Justin again. Um, I can't call. Wait, which Justin call, is you know this? about you guys giving me a Daniel Bryan toy and completely let this slip. I got a Daniel Bryan toy. Yes, yes, yes. He yep. just came. He did. Like uh, like all over. Uh, it was like Peter North, like ropes going up into his face. <laughs> Although the the yes the yeses should have gotten more and more muffled sounding. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So Sly made an appearance in London since we last did an official show, too. And Sly went to see Sly? And, um, well, I think Sly is calling in to talk about his appearance in London. So let's oh, okay. check this out. Hi, Lathan. Oh, no, never mind. Um, That's not Sly. Is it Zomin Loaf? I thought it was going to yeah. be Sly talking about it. <laughs> it's it's uh, Chris here, and as you mentioned the other day, I, I had tickets to go and see Sly. In yeah, London. there you go. So I knew I it was a Sly report of some sort. And give Silver and Gold the exclusive uh, review. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was held at the London Palladium, which is sort of bang in the centre of London. Um, I probably got there about half an hour before... Uh, the show actually started, and there was like quite a big crowd of people outside, and it was a really strange mixture of people as well. You had kind of um, sort of uh, overweight, kind of autograph <laughs> hunter type guys who, yeah, didn't look like they washed much. <laughs> Some uh, guys who, you know, were wearing tight shirts, showing off their muscles, kind of thing. <laughs> Just uh, normal-looking people. Um, and then there was these sort of a uh, couple of women in their sort of late mid to late fifties um, with fake tans and a lot of plastic surgery as well. It's just a very strange group of people, <laughs> and um, 
so yeah, that was, that was the first impression. Then, um, yeah, went inside and the show sort of got underway, and there was uh, an interview for about an hour with Jonathan Ross, which was a really good interview actually. Jonathan Ross um, restrained himself and was just asking kind of probing questions to get stories out of Sly and and Sly was um, kind of as you imagine really from kind of seeing him and reading interviews with him um, it's quite uh, humorous but also quite self-aware of his career and the choices he's made um, which itself is quite interesting so yeah and it was it was a good way to expand his career as well. He sort of um, one one thing that um, he did say that made me laugh, which um, I'm sure uh, Zom will probably agree with. Is he, he said that um, he was talking about various actors that he's sort of worked with and liked to work with, and he was um, saying that Expendables Three. He's just worked with Harrison Ford, who was great. He'd like to work with him again. And he said uh, I've also worked just worked with uh, Mel Gibson. Um, who's going through a bit of a rough patch, which is a bit of an understatement, I think. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, then after the interview, there was half an hour of questions with the audience. Um, there was a surprising amount of people saying that they were screenwriters and asking for um, advice. That's funny. Um, uh, well, at first you put like four uh, montages. Yeah. Uh, just trying to remember some of the questions now. Um one Half guy was asking it. if he kind of wrote Mr. T's dialogue for Rocky Free. What were you going to say? No. You said half the what? I said uh, you put in four montages and then uh, you put like uh, 20 minutes of the uh, past movie in there. And, uh, then you put uh, some implied gas. Uh, 30 minutes of a fight <laughs> and a lot of baby oil. Mix it all together and what do you got? Up stop. Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Um, and so I said he did. Um, and one of the, well, another interesting fact, actually, um, he wrote Clubber Lang's what he says when he calls into Sylvan Gold, he said to never work out for more than like four or five hours at a time, um, <laughs> which seemed a bit strange, you know. Yeah, wait, there, that's not what he um, says to us at all. That's and then, yeah, then uh, the evening came to an end. Um, but I thought I'd try and get an autograph, so I went round to the stage door, and there was there was a huge crowd of people there, and they sort of shut the gates off and said oh he's not coming out this way so I ran around to the front um, and again they were shutting off the door and it was like oh what, you know, what's happened though um, but I didn't know that there's a third exit sort of right round the back um, and he must have snuck out there because ah. um, as I was going back round to the side entrance he was in a car on the other side of the road <laughs> so <laughs> you threw a rock in his window <laughs> uh, me and a bunch of other people kind of ran after Sly's car nice <laughs> whilst he was looking up grudge match on his phone which is quite good and they stopped at a traffic light and um, a guy behind me started up a Rocky chant so um, I'm not ashamed <laughs> to say that I did chant Rocky at Sly whilst he was sat in his car it's, uh, yeah, it's probably the highlight of the evening for me. Excellent. Um, so yeah, there's there's the uh, full report of, of what Sly got up to in London. Um, yeah, uh, it was good times. As Sly would say, "Good times." Um, good times. Yeah. Cheers. Awesome. I'm sorry it took so long to play that. Um, let's see. I know I got some more in here. Thank you, Chris, for that. 
Yeah, I was just reading the subject line of it. And that's why uh, I thought it was going to be Sly calling in. Okay, here's another one. He's probably still running from the fucking uh, fans chanting his name. <laughs> We're getting a good workout at the same time. Yeah. All right, this one might be Sly. Hey, there he there is. There you go. This is... Really? I, uh, it's been a pretty fucking couple of weeks for me, you know? It's been amazing. What? The first thing I want to talk about is the prize from the Sylvia Gold Karaoke Competition. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fucking right, meatballs. I won my fucking stuff. You know, he won his I'll own post stuff. up a picture of it on the Facebook group so you can all see how beautiful it is. But you let my words describe it. It's awesomeness, you know? So first of all, first thing that arrived was a bag. And on this bag was the Lincoln Hawk trucker fucking logo from over the top. That's a fucking great prize, you know? Even though that, that would have been enough, you know? That's a fucking great prize. But no, it didn't stop there, no. I got a fucking hooded top, a gray hoodie sweatshirt with fucking Balboa written on it. A picture of my face, you know? What... What gets better than that, you know? Fucking my face on there. It's fucking great. You know? And then, uh, then what else is A giant poster of me and fucking in the movie Rocky Balboa punching the fucking other guy, you know? The fucking, <laughs> that is the fucking kind of shit you can win. You fucking put your mind and your body and your focus and your energy all on fucking winning the karaoke competition. You can fucking get that kind of level of awesome stuff. So fucking do it, you know? <laughs> you will not regret it. You know, I also know the fucking... The Zinemexicans, just as almost. He got a wrestling figure. You know, he's fucking, he's in heaven now. He loves the wrestling figures, you know, <laughs> fucking, you know. And, uh, fucking Burwell's thick heart. He got a fucking <laughs> DVD of sleazy tits, you know. He's fucking, he will love being after that. I fucking know for a fact that he's gonna fucking jerk off for like eight hours straight watching that. So, yeah, that's the kind of shit that you could all wear, you know. Fucking get your minds to it. The next time the fucking karaoke competition comes around, fucking step up to the plate and do it. You could win some of this shit, you know? <laughs> fucking do it. Right now, also this week, you know, I was in fucking Europe, you know, it started off having there we go. Fucking grudge match premiere, you know, it was a punching bag and all that kind of shit. It was fucking great. I fucking fake punch fucking De Niro in the face again. It was great. And then... Yeah, I fucking went to London. There's so fucking thousands of my fans in the London Palladium. You know, I had an interview, a Q&A, you know. I was talking to, you know, it was great. You should have been there. You know, I talked to for about an hour about my career, you know. I showed people my muscles, you know. I got, I fucking was doing the whole fucking interview. I was working out, you know. I was doing push-ups, sit-ups, I had fucking weights there. The whole fucking lot, you know. It was fucking great. Fucking pure intensity, you know. You know, I talked, I talked a lot about my dick, you know, and fucking, I talked about your Wait, we Day from, you know, where we call it the Silver Gold. It was, we talked for about fifty minutes just about me calling it the Silver Gold, you know. Nice. It was We're great. get some London fans out of this. Uh, fucking, <laughs> then it was my question and answer session. And yeah, you know, I fucking answered people's questions. It's a fucking, it's a good time, you know? If I do it again, you know, you should all come down. It's fucking, you love it, man. 
Anyway, yeah, that's it. I'm in high spirits at the moment. So, yeah, this is why I can, you know, he's got high spirits. You will fucking experience the same shit if you win the silver gold karaoke competition. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Sly also enjoyed his time in London. Alrighty, we're wrapping. We're getting. We're getting on here. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is this? Um, let's do this one first. Grip my shoulders. <laughs> now, thrust forward. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Grip mm. my shoulders. What is that from? Uh, Rocky Four. <laughs> Rocky, that's Rocky Five. Yeah, Rocky Five. Um, cool. All right. Um, <laughs> here is another one. Hey, there you go. This is this is the love. Ooh, he sounds. Ready. Sounds a little tired. The anticipation. You guys build up with me. You know, after like. Two weeks of being familiar voice of the Silver Gold Podcast. Yeah, that's right. I was waiting to hear my fucking voicemails <laughs> on your show, you know? Aww. Two weeks I got without it. You stretch it out for free, you know? I can't believe you even got any people listening to your show anymore, you know? Uh, we can, I can't either, trust me. There's slide fans out there waiting to hear my voicemails in the Silver Gold Podcast. And you don't even bother playing it, you know? I can't believe that shit. What the, you know, just think about that for a moment. Think of all the fucking, all the fucking revenue and all that other shit you're going to be making if you just played my voicemail, you know? I appreciate that, you know, love probably wants to have a say on those voicemails, you know? But just hit me up, you know, I can fucking, I can do something extra special, you know? I, I just can't believe that. And then to compare that, you know, you had your fucking top films of whatever show. Was there a single slide film in there? I, you know, <laughs> what the fuck was going on there, you know? Fucking, I know for a fact that you watched a lot, fucking, whole bunch of fucking slide films this year, both of you, you know? So I watched Stop or My Bubble Shoot, you know? That wasn't in his top 20, what the fuck? You know, I love watching all the fucking Rambo films and fucking loads of other shit that I made. You know, the greatest action movies of all time, you know? <laughs> Where the fuck were they? Come on, sort it out, people. That's all I can say this week. Ugh. So, uh-huh. there, is, there is a reason for that, Sly. Uh-huh. I'd seen all those movies before. This was These were movies that we watched for the first time. Mm. So, And I didn't put Escape Plan in there because it was a brand new movie. So if I if we were going to do a top of 2013 list, that one might show up in there. So only don't don't take a personal size. Just that I'd seen your all your movies before. See, I own them all, and I'm going through this thing now where I'm 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 gonna be I'm getting rid of DVD cases and stuff, but I keep all of my Sly movies still dusted and perfect on a shelf by themselves. So that's a lie. Um. All right. Last. Feed sack. I don't know what this is. I don't. I'm, I'm apologize if it's junk mail. Proof that you can see with oh, your own eyes. I called it. All right, that's it for mm-hmm. feed sack then. <laughs> Proof that yeah. you can see with your own eyes. So, uh, thank you everybody for the feed sack. Check out feed my ears, and I don't even know what Justin's doing now. 
Oh, and uh, we mentioned it last week, but check out, uh, go check out Oot. Cult of Musculo. Cult of Muscle, the new Jake and CDR. Did Jake come up with a name yet? Is he going to go with Repo Jake? Ah, who the fuck knows? Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with that farting guy. Um, cool. So now we're finally, we're finally <laughs> going to get... Dumpster fart. farter. We're going to do uh, our... Our Josh thank you films next week. Um, he chose a couple uh, Chow Yun Fat. So maybe this is Magnificent Bastard 2 Chow Yun Fat. Uh, we're going to do, um, which I think the gentleman did this one, Full Contact from 1992, directed by Ringo Lam. And we're going to cover Tiger on Beat, or Tiger on uh, the Beat. Um, so a couple Chow Yun Fat movies. I've never seen that one. Full Contact is pretty wild. I like that one, but Tiger on Beat I haven't seen, so we'll review those next week. Uh, you can always send us FeedSack two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or SilvagoldPodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, find us on iTunes. I can't believe I remembered the voicemail number. It's been like a month since I was even said it. Uh, find us on <laughs> iTunes and Stitcher and um, where else are we? Oh, SilvaandGold dot com. And join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Silva and Gold. Slash um, my throat. Yeah. Uh, wait. The So bear with us coming up. Um, there might be a couple more gaps in the future with recording and weirdness, but we'll get it all sorted out and back to a sense of normalcy sooner rather than later. So, But thanks, everybody, for listening. And... Uh, being pals I appreciate it so Zom do you have anything else this week sir uh yeah uh, no I don't have anything alright let's just cut this shit off while we can chop it chop it off get 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 some food and clean up some messes Um, until next week this is Loaf Oot Uh,